0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to Legends in Review, an unofficial and unaffiliated podcast reviewing DC's Legends of Tomorrow. My name is Rachel, and my pronouns are she, her, hers.
1: My name is Ari, and my pronouns are they, them, and theirs. And
0: this week's episode was two sixteen vor Vorstravaganza. Now, I know what you're thinking. Did you I'm, just drop the I'm, word vor I'm, in your intro? I want
1: a divorce. I want, I and
0: we're gonna and i just want to explain to you listeners out I, there that this episode is called vorstravaganza because no, no. rip is Hold tiny Riff is tiny and then damien dark also had a tiny ray and I'm as gonna, they say and this will be the tagline of this episode I'm you. once once is fine twice is four that's too okay. many that's too many okay. tiny people that's too many Hold tiny on. people for me to be okay with it And for those of you that are still listening, I just want to say that this is the only (laughs) DC TV podcast that you're going to get that good meme (laughs) Vore content. Vore is the hot new meme right now. Which is hilarious to me as a cosplayer with some recognition because the only comments I get on DeviantArt are people asking me to Vore them specifically. And the only comments I get on Instagram are people saying they want to um, do things to my boobs. And I'm like, Well, I guess this means I've made it. Delete. You
1: You cannot just drop boar on me. What the fuck? I also want to mention to our listeners
0: that this is, you know, I have all the episodes saved with like the number that it is in order and then a funny title so that Time Warner doesn't finger bang me for having illegal content. And so, yes, this episode is listed on my USB drive as Stravaganza."
1: I'm not speaking to you anymore. And secondly, I was, you know, no other DC
0: TV old. podcast is going to give you this kind of content. Cause they're all too busy trying to deep throat Stephen Amell. And let me tell you something.
1: I'm if Stephen Amell
0: that. said, Rachel, here's a million dollars. Put my dick in your mouth. I'd be like, uh, absolutely fucking not. Okay. Keep your First... dirty blood money. But if I... someone was like, Rachel, here's 50 cents, go punch Stephen Amell in the dick. I'd be like, I'll do it for free. Thanks. Absolutely, but my. I'm gonna get fucking at heroes and villains. I'm gonna get tackled by security walking in. They're gonna be like, "That's the dick puncher," and then the paper's gonna read, "Local dude gets tackled
1: for dick punching." (laughs) You have to own it. I'm not done. You cannot just spring vor on me and expect me to just walk away like this is fine. I was literally walking home tonight thinking, well, oh, you know what? I almost kind of want to, should I reference the vor joke I made a few days ago? Or do you think that might be a little too, like, edgy and risque? <laughs> you motherfucker! <laughs>
0: Apologize for a couple things before we go in one for that two for the audio quality and three for referencing Stephen amell's dick several times nobody wants to think about that We're,
1: we're gonna get arrested also i'm sorry guys i have there is a i have this is this is my fault i history's greatest monster have a set of headphones with a mic arriving but amazon took a while to ship it so yeah i'm sorry guys for the sound quality by next week we should have a a better sound quality um because unless I'm at Rachel's house, we can't both record at the same time. Okay, here's the fun thing about our uh, opening comedy routine about four. It's the most fun I'm going to have for the next uh, 45 minutes of recording, maybe longer. Uh, the, we,
0: the thing both- is, I did enjoy this episode. Ari absolutely did not. And like I prefaced last week's episode, we're going to talk about some uncomfortable things. We're going to talk about abuse. We are probably going to talk about sexual assault. If that makes you uncomfortable, it is probably going to be discussed during this podcast in context to the episode, and I just want to let you know that. But I mean, you're already in from the vor joke, so like,
1: how do you trigger warning for vor? I'm like not even kidding. Like, is that something I don't really? I don't think you have to. I think no. Point, I'm just going
0: to put it in the description as a joke and hope everybody's fine with it. That's but fair. I, I am going I,
1: to let our listeners know. Generally speaking, Vore has kind of been deprived from its sexual context by being turned into a meme, but we're not here to talk about Vore. We're here to talk that's about something That's next worse. special. I, yeah, fair. But we're here to talk about something way, way worse, and that's this episode. Um, I think oh. the thing about this episode is, remember last week when I said I want to reserve my judgment because maybe it won't be as bad as I think it will be because I'm willing to have faith in the show? Um everything I thought would happen that was gonna be bad happened, and sometimes it happened, but worse. And uh, I it. actually felt a different
0: way. I actually was like, oh God, I had some anxiety about this episode before I watched it and then I watched it and I enjoyed watching it. and then Ari and I disagreed on it, which is actually very interesting because we very rarely disagree on these kinds of things. So I'm very excited for our listeners to hear us argue like an old married couple
1: for 30 I minutes. Mean- Yeah, that's fair. I do. I mean, here's the thing. I will be upfront. There are a lot of reasons I dislike this episode. I acknowledge that 95% of them are very personal ones. So it's very hard for me to objectively review even the good content in this episode, because this, what they did wrong was so offensive to me as a human being and treated things that are very, personal and 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 difficult for me to deal with like they were like like they were writing for voyeurs and tourists and it it's very hard to review this episode objectively i will try but i'm not making any illusions that this is going to be um you know something that's like well even though it did all these things wrong i can still review it as an objective piece of media. i can't um i am gonna say though i think it's very telling that Remember when everyone flipped the fuck out over the Felicity uh, cameo because she was going full Huntress? Um, I didn't actually care that much. I'm not gonna... Let me put it this way. Um, a lot of people don't like Felicity because I think she's a little bit of a Wesley Crusher type where she's very obviously the creator's pet. Like They very very much love her and they think of her as like their ideal OC. And she has her neck brutally snapped about two minutes into the episode. So... I want to make it very clear. This is something they did to a female character they like. They like Felicity. And they snapped her fucking neck. Like, like really and it was nastily, pretty. too. It was nasty. It was brutal. Like, it felt. You were to wear that wig, which was
0: equally as tragic.
1: I almost want to say, like, I. Because I was literally looking at it going, I, I was reciting the opening to My Immortal in my head. It was the full NOB. I was like, I don't know how to cope with this. Oh my God. It was, it was shot like a snuff film, too. Like, I really did not know what was going on for a couple of minutes because they filmed it like like they were, like, attacking. Like, it, it was just it was I so also, I creepy.
0: I want to say something, and, like, Ari and I have two very different interpretations of this word and how it was used in the context of this episode. And so, like, one of the first things this episode did wrong, in my opinion, was how Felicity used the word bimbo. I hate when other women use the word bimbo because it's very not like other girls. And I think that is one of the critiques some people have about the way Felicity's character is treated, that she is sort of a saint of the not-like-other-girls mentality, which is false. But which is But some fans treat her. her like that, and that is not fair. However, having a woman call another set of women bimbos is exactly what that does. And that pissed me off. Ari, well, do you want to talk thing. about your con- uh,
1: contextualization of the word? Well, because the, the word itself didn't bug me so much as, like, I feel bad because Felicity despite not really being that not like other girlsy, has been very much co-opted by the I read books and don't wear makeup. And that makes me automatically better than you crowd. So she wears dresses she, with boob windows. Like she's not, she's that. one of us, but it is you also something her. where like, she's very much been taken over by those kind of people. So this felt like pandering to that idea And it was also, it really bugged me because Sarah and Amaya were not in control of themselves or their behavior. Um, So to have them called bimbos by another female character is, first off, really weird, archaic term to use in a way where I'm like, what, what? Did you pick this because you guys couldn't pronounce trollop? Like, is that it? Could you not get Emily to pronounce the word trollop properly? Remember when
0: the MCU fandom used the word quim for a year?
1: Don't, don't don't it can always be worse (laughs) it can always oh christ it can always be worse clearly this is kind of when i realized oh boy this episode is sure going to be something and it got worse it got worse somehow it got worse i would like to be honest here and say i do not remember much of the episode because I think as I was watching it, my brain was frantically trying to stuff it into the repression closet because everything about it made me just wildly uncomfortable. And I actually missed something very important on the first watch and had to go back um, when Rachel mentioned it, which is that Malcolm Merlin basically says Nyssa is miserable and closeted and living in Ohio, or as people also call it, hell. And, and
0: honestly, you know what? You didn't even have to mention her at fucking all. And DC TV loves to do this thing because somebody asked Mark Guggenheim, Hey, wasn't it kind of shitty to have Raish marry us off to a dude? And Mark went, well, Raish is a bad guy. He does bad things. And DC TV is kind of actively homophobic in and of itself enough that when it tries to show bad guys as being homophobic to prove how bad they are, they just make themselves look worse
1: they don't really the issue with that is there's no remember how i talked before about um you need to remember how i talked before (laughs) about how to have a good gray morality you need to have a strong black and a strong white so you understand where that middle actually exists This is kind of like that, where you are trying to have your villainous characters do homophobic things, but we don't exactly see our heroic characters doing anything that's, you know, a positive force for queerness. Um, We don't have really that many heroic, uh, non-straight characters. um, And... Even, like, we don't even really have, like, Christ, I'll settle for Ray wearing a same love t-shirt at this point. You cannot say it's bad, it's okay when we're homophobic because it's only the bad guys doing it, because there's no one doing anything that's, like, better. So that's a problem. Another issue is Malcolm Merlin is played by John Barrowman, who actually was one of the first openly gay actors I ever encountered, um, when I was, when I was very, when I was, I would have been in eighth grade, oh my god, I was in eighth grade, and I was reading some of the stuff he said about Captain Jack, and this was, I, maybe a year after I'd kind of realized I was bi, and it was really, it was really life-affirming to me, like, I was reading it in my Catholic school's computer library, so to, to have an openly gay man who has no shame or embarrassment about who he is, who is... The exact opposite of Closeted, who is a role model, I think, for a lot of um, queer youth who are around my age because of characters like Captain Jack Harkness. Um, to have him.
0: Be complicit in this.
1: To have him say that line. Well, was, Eobard was says it to him. But, yeah. but, but it's. But it does. Still it seems. Fit. It seems like it's implied that, like, it was something he, Merlin did. Yeah. So he didn't say the line, but he's the one who wanted this to happen to Nyssa. And to want that, to, to have it be a plot point at all is reprehensible for two reasons. Number one, we have a vice president in America right now who thinks you should electrocute children into being straight. It's not this far-flung, far-fetched reality that a lesbian is living a miserable, closeted life in Ohio, and to have this show use it for a, a throwaway plot point, like, Nyssa won't get her revenge for this.
0: Because they, they don't did, think it's something... They didn't. They don't... It doesn't occur to them that, guess what? People kill themselves over this.
1: Yeah, that was what I... am like, she's gonna... Like, that. that is the sort of thing that drives someone to suicide. And to, to have that right now in, 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 or, or whenever, but especially and it's so right-
0: funny to me be because, yes, Mark Guggenheim, our pal Googs, was one of the writers for this episode. And he, unlike people at Marvel who happily give money to Trump, thinks of himself as a real liberal and always retweets stuff about, you know, anti-Trump stuff, anti-Pence this. Well, then why the fuck do you write like this?
1: And, like, it is to Nyssa specifically to a point where I'm, like, I I don't. He, He's he, very I, anti-lesbian. Because, yeah. it's Almost very proudly like, so. I'm not saying that DCTV and the CW are not shitty to homosexual men. But. Mark Guggenheim specifically, this is,
0: too.
1: This is what lesbophobia looks like. Forcibly closeting one of, like, two lesbian characters in DCTV. Right three i i i was throwing out a number hoping it would be correct i'm glad i guess the the other thing is like
0: you know i don't know if anybody watching supergirl is listening to this podcast but like you know nissa does not get as much attention as alex and maggie do and Mm -hmm. if this was a throwaway line about either of them in some kind of alternate universe there would have been riots and that's good and that's good because there should be but nissa deserves that same kind of recognition and she has never gotten it and that is why i'm so pissed off
1: and she's not white and I think that, you know, I do think that has a certain something to do with it. I not also think... Big, but that's exactly what it fucking is. That's that's exactly what it is. Um I'm not gonna pretend anymore I'm so mad. Um it is very much this thing where we're sitting
0: here like, I thought this was gonna be an episode about four, not all of this political stuff. Well guess what? Well we'll we'll get to
1: the we'll get to the probably. I don't fucking We're know. not actually
0: gonna get to the VOR, it was just a joke title about the episode because there's trunken people. That's it that was the forge. Okay. There's no well, real war discussion in this episode. You were like We're going to me. need
1: some levity. We are going to need some levity. So it's one of those things where this has happened twice to Nissa too. Like she was forcibly married off to Oliver in what was basically like implied conversion by rape because Raish expected an heir and it is very much like that was vile and reprehensible. And it continues to be vile and reprehensible that there's all these wink wink nudge nudge kind of jokes at cons and things like that about how the league doesn't have divorce, which um I'm sorry, but can can you guys get divorced? I'm I'm gonna be a divorce attorney now so I can divorce Nissa from Oliver.
0: Not only that, but Henry the Eighth fucking separated the Church of England from the Catholic Church to get divorced to Catherine and she wasn't even going to rape him to make him straight. So yeah. guess
1: what? We can do this. Like invent. Don't divorce. let like, your dreams be dreams. It is very like to have had that alone is breathtakingly horrible, and the fact that I don't see people bringing it up more kind of bothers me. I remember a lot of. I it.
0: have had to remind people of it several times. Every time I say Oliver Queen was complicit in the corrective rape of Nissa Al Ghul, I get about three asks going: How? When?
1: I mean, on one level, I think it's because no one watches Arrow. On another Thank level, you,
0: Jesus.
1: on another level, I don't care because two people could watch the show. They could be Mark and his mom, and it would still be fucking horrible. Like this plotline makes me blindingly angry every time I think about it. So I try and, not to think Art about it. And I was
0: already pretty blindingly angered by this episode.
1: Yeah, like I, I, am sorry. But I recognize you
0: this post- was this was my blindingly angry moment. The rest of the episode for me, um, I thought the team was actually
1: really adorable, but... We it, to... it, it are you booing me? No, I was just saying it was very... Um, I'm sorry, I know we are focusing on this a lot, but I think this is the one it point where we deserves... both agree this is really bad.
0: I mean, one, this... we put this podcast on Geeks Out. This is kind of our wheelhouse. And two, as like queer women, this is kind of a big deal.
1: I'll be honest, I'm kind of glad I didn't hear it the first time because I think if I had, I might have turned the episode off and said, No, Rachel's doing the podcast by herself. Um, I me wouldn't have wanted
0: a hand to... puppet that I put yeah. lipstick on to be Ari. Thank you. I appreciate
1: the lipstick. But I I'm glad I didn't hear it because thinking about it still kind of makes me feel a little sick. Like everything about it was I got so. Fucking, ugly. I got heated. Yeah, he did shit. And I enjoyed this episode, like everything about it, just such a and again, she's not going to get her revenge. She's not even coming back. She's not here. She doesn't even fucking go here. She's not on this show. She's not a member of the team. There is we've talked briefly and we're going to talk about a little more in the retrospective. But none of these villains in the Legion are really the team's villains per se. But why did you feel the need to work in Nyssa as as Merlin's nemesis, but also not have her on the show? Like, I just, everything about it was dumb. Everything about it was dumb. Everything about it was horribly lesbophobic. It was vile. It was uncalled for. It was shitty to make John Barrowman complicit in that. Everything about it was, I think, literally maybe the worst possible thing they could have done. It was one line of dialogue. That is what I'm dealing with when I'm trying to put my feelings into words about this episode, is that some of the most heinous shit that they pulled this episode, they boiled down to a couple of lines. And I think, ultimately, that's kind of my problem. That a lot of the really horrible things that this episode tries to hint at, or handle, or deal with were reduced to a couple of throwaway lines when they absolutely should not have been. Do you want to continue Rachel?
0: I would love to continue because, you know, for me, this is one of those things where this episode to me was still enjoyable because the team, it was sort of a ragtag, let's get the band back together. And the things Ari and I focus on can be similar as you see with Nyssa, but Ari and I also view media differently because we're two different people who share a brain, but, still look at things differently and that's what makes us such great friends best friends even i love you i love you i love you i love you too
1: thank you you're the best
0: it. i am the best. best
1: you are the best i
0: mean it, there it was is. a lot about this episode that i you know just the fact that you know ray and nate immediately fall in love with each other again, yeah, again. even though they I don't know say. who they are mick this episode broke my heart even the ending of this episode like the ending scene of this episode was bad, but also to me, like it was the kind of hurt I get from like a decent kind of pathos, but then I can also understand why it was so bad. I'm like torn. Because up until Are you thinking that... about Mick
1: and Len, because if you're
0: talking about
1: Mick and Len, I'm
0: gonna have to really really Yeah. I mean, Ari feels very strongly about Mick and Len. I have sort of come to a point. Let me explain how I feel about Mick and Len in this episode, because that is another focal. Point. Okay. That's not Leonard Snark. That to me feels very much like the Legion brought back Len and did it wrong. And I don't know if the show is going to confirm this. I hope they do because Leonard Snart is one of the most beloved characters in this universe. And for them to be treating him like this and for them to be treating Wentworth like this is so shitty. And every person I have seen who has seen this episode is like, what is wrong with Leonard? Is he okay? Because there are moments we get in the beginning of the episode where it's clear he's trying to care for Mick and then by the end of the episode, they're like, we're gonna reverse that now. And I really hope the show confirms, but I have very, very low expectations that they will, that this is not Len and it's some kind of thing that the Legion did to Len, because it just feels wrong. But I have been able to sort of separate that to a point where I can be like, "That's." That's Legion Len. That's not our Len. And I know next season they're not even going to acknowledge this. So I can just sort of be like, that's Legion Len and get away with that because the show's going to let me. But I think Ari has a very different opinion and a valid one. So Ari, take it away.
1: Also, so I had a total and complete utter fucking meltdown over this. I'm not even going to pretend like I had anything else here. Like, I was, like, I was at the point where, like, the final couple of scenes of Mick and Len in the episode, I was sitting there crying on my couch. I felt like my skin wanted to lift off from my body and go to space. I felt like I was on fire. You shouldn't be laughing with... at that, but it was a great... It's situation. okay. I, I, I also made... I made the reference deliberately. I'm trying to kind of distance myself from how awful it felt. Um, I... I literally felt like I was being like the top half of me was being set on fire, but my insides were frozen. It was horrible. It was, it was, it was, it was bad. It was really bad. Everything about it was, was, was awful. I was sitting there mumbling to myself, like, that's not Len. That's not Len. That's not Len." Because that it was, it, it's, it is not, my fault that i had that reaction because it is not like i have that reaction to every depiction of abuse that exists in media it is very much a fault of the writers and how they choose to frame the way that len treats mick in this episode and how they choose to play that rift between them right now for drama that creates this havoc in people who may have been abused yes
0: Can I stop you and ask if you think, because you mentioned other programs that have done this, and I think we both agree in other programs, they did it specifically and maliciously to mock that character's abuse. Do you think these writers did this with the knowledge that Lenin is an abuse victim, or do you think the Legends writers just completely forgot that Lenin has ever been
1: abused by his father? I don't, I don't know. It is not like with other characters where they I watch the scenes where they interact with former teammates or I just watch them interact with with the heroes quote unquote in general and the contempt the writers have for them is readily apparent it it's more nuanced in that you mentioned that you think that this is Legion Len that he's been brainwashed or manipulated or what have you I would be okay with that. I think it may very well be the case. But again, this is another thing where they don't... You need some kind of indication because when Rick was brainwashed by the Legion, we knew. He didn't just show up out of the blue and shoot Sarah in the stomach. He... We knew. We saw the Legion say, we're going to brainwash him and use him for our own ends. We didn't see that with Len. So either that's going to be a plot point that we we really have to kind of take them at their word that they really took this Len... From the before he was on the team, um, which has its own problems, but we'll ignore that for the time being. We have it to take them at their the yeah. It's not worth it. Um, we have to take them at their word for now. So they may be lying, and that may be a plot point in the finale. But I don't know. Um, but ultimately, it 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 just doesn't. It. I don't think they did it maliciously. I don't think it was done with cruelty. I don't think it was done. I think it was done out of carelessness. I think it was done yes. out of stupidity. I, agree I think completely. it was done for another reason, which is writing. There are two ways to write abuse. And when you write it well, um, there are certain shows where I have watched their episodes dealing with abused characters and I have felt emotions. I have I have felt grief, but I have also felt understood. So I grieved. I didn't have a traumatic flashback. i actually done this with Mick. Yeah, where are you no, going? The, the scene where after he after he comes back to the team post pronos and Rip says, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, this is my fault. I, I should've I should have never let it get to this point. I failed you was good. Was good. It made me feel that kind of grief where I am understood. And I can feel reaffirmed in the narrative I'm seeing about abuse on screen. This is an abuse narrative that is not written for people who have experienced it, but people who want to revel in the drama of it. Yes. The idea of abuse use, the idea of being tortured in this specific way by someone you love. This is written for tourists and voyeurs and people who want to kind of try this idea on, try this trauma on for size, and then put it back on the rack for someone else to hang up. And number one, no. Number two, it is a problem that they did this with Mick and Lynn because they have been queer coded for a season and a half now and they do seem to be kind of making in this episode little wink wink nudge nudge kind of jokes about how len seems to be like a husband who's like why where's the spark gone from our marriage you're not the man i used to know kind of stuff and they almost seem to be playing that idea for comedy and they shouldn't be because this is one really sad for mick and two again you don't get to make funny jokes about how oh it's like all oh, the love has gone out of our marriage or our partnership isn't what it used to be when you have Len actively manipulating and belittling Mick in a way he never did he really
0: never Not ever only did that but like you know we've discussed Len was you know last season when Mick showed affection to Ray Len was actively you know kind of like juggling Flaming batons, like, excuse me, I'm over here, pay attention to me. He was
1: so jealous.
0: And then he, in this episode, freezes Amaya. And it reads as super, super jealous. And not in the same way.
1: No, not in the same way, because Amaya is not. Because
0: also, Len hadn't been in Can I just take a side by for a second? Okay. Just to mention that. I was actually thinking about this episode on Wednesday, and I said to myself, Oh, hey, I could do a parallel gift set of Nate watching Amaya get frozen versus Ray watching Kendra get off, dragged off to Vandal Savage. And then I said, Oh, no. Oh, no.
1: Bad. Very bad. Now I'm kind of... It's funny, because now I just kind of realize why... Okay, I realize why that parallel is ter- terrible now, because you were... Okay. Here's the thing. Um, It's really bad that that was kind of the culmination, because it very much reads like an... if Because Nick is the one who gives Amaya the spear, and he trusts her, and Len is so angry that he trusts her, that he kills her. And that is something where Len has never gone... Like when Len was jealous that Mick liked Ray, it didn't feel like that because we also knew that Len liked Ray. That Ray liked Len. They had that like heart to heart in the first second episode, sorry. They had that little heart to heart in Vandal Savage's house. Like Len clearly had this affection for Ray and very much as like pulling his pigtails kind of way. Um like he only ever referred to it. Was it so cute. was so gay. We well, because he only he only flirts with women when Ray is around like deliberately and specifically to get Ray upset. Like Len does have a jealous streak. I'm not, I miss us. I am not arguing that Len doesn't have a jealous streak. I am arguing that this is the worst possible way to express it. And I think ultimately we have an issue of nuance here because they don't seem to understand that these are not the same kinds of jealousy coming from the same situation with the same context. When Len gets jealous that Nick carried Ray out of prison, he's not going to go shoot Ray for it. He is upset, but ultimately he has affection for Ray. We're not worried that he's going to blow up at Ray in a jealous fit because he also likes Ray. He doesn't know Amaya. Super, super
0: troubling that, you know... And this is another reason why I'm kind of like, this is just Legion Len, because nobody on the team while Len was attacking them tried to speak to him. Not one of them. And last season, after he passed, they were all like, he died a hero. He was a great man. And now none of them are trying to talk to him. So I'm like, what is going on? Remember how I said I liked this episode, but then I'm just a really critical person?
1: I'm not even pretending like I, I like this episode. So, I mean, if... Like, here's the thing. If, if none of this stuff with Mick and Len had happened, if that line with Nyssa hap- hadn't happened, I'd be okay with it. Like, I will say, a couple of good points. The Rip and Gideon was on point. The, the team so good. The, the team dynamics were, were good minus, we're just gonna... Len's fine. And, you know, that was nice. I liked that Ray and Nate went full Wayne's world for an episode. They were clearly having fun with that. Like, the team dynamics were good here, but... I also feel like the narrative went out of its way to punish Amaya and Jax because Jax, having been kind of brainwashed into being a huge asshole to Stein, um, is what got us into the final leg of this mess, which is the reactor and the spear and all that. And Amaya gets to use, gets the, gets to hold the spear for a second and then Len kills her before she can do you know, anything about here's, it. Here's, you know
0: how we were talking about how Amaya needed a plot and it turns out this now wasn't her it. plot... Was to be Mick's heart. Yeah. No. Uh, I don't love why? Mick and Amaya. I was like, I can't believe this show just canonically confirmed that both Nate and Mick love Amaya and that she loved both of them. Why the fuck did you do it this
1: way? It was really bad. And like the fact also that we have this confirmation that Mick likes, like has feelings for Amaya because Len shot her in a fit of jealous possessive rage is super bad everything about that is ugly and triggering like it's really awful that len went from kind of jealous but like he was playful about it he and went from looking
0: it. mick in the eye and saying hey come on ray will be fine it's you and me right to i know you loved her to pieces uh-huh. which was and
1: like so bad which was as so bad line. as a line it was bad like, the line didn't, it wasn't even really that good of a pun. Like, it was just one of those which, things which where, incidentally, like. incidentally, if that's the first thing someone had
0: said to him. After well, that's the mind thing. If, if Mick I just went, feel you like, know what? That wasn't a very good
1: pun. Bring her back. Like, that's the sort of thing where I feel like Mick, because he is very, he reads, is very autistic. That's almost like a joke he might crack if he wasn't in hell right now. But it is something I where, like. I want to get
0: into something about that in a moment. But you continue.
1: Yeah, it was, it's very, like, Len's jealousy goes from, like, cutesy frustration to, like, full fucking bunny boiler in, like, two seconds for no reason. Oh my
0: god, Len has a pet rat. Save Axel, hashtag.
1: Yeah, absolutely, hashtag save Axel. I do want to say, though, like, also. Or do you want to talk about how the name
0: Axel made you feel?
1: No, I don't wanna talk about it. Don't don't speak to me, don't ever speak to me again. My point is, I wanna talk about um, the fact that why did like Len react, Len also overreacts. Like when Nick says we have to keep Ray safe, Len is slipping out because it's a really tender moment. He knows, it's very apparent that Nick is feeling some type of way for Ray. He has these indications that Nick likes Ray. He has a reason to be upset basically. And he has no real reason. Like, he doesn't, he's never been around Amaya and Mick at the same time. Um, We're assuming that, like, Time Ghost Len was maybe a hallucination. Uh, Maybe it was just a hallucination. So he's never seen Mick and Amaya together. And unless maybe it is Time Ghost Len. And that's why, you know what, I don't. Maybe prime time to... ghost like <laughs> Honestly. Because I was thinking, like, yeah, like that ghost of Len does pop up when Mick has a moment with Amaya, but I don't but think that this is, is the
0: Len we knew. Yeah, that maybe kind of jealousy
1: was the jealousy we knew. Yeah. But the, the fact the that fuck is he this? doesn't he doesn't know her. He has no reason. There's no reason for him to go from zero to sixty so quickly. Like there's no build, there's no setup. He she just like he should not that was an overreaction. Len is not that. That is an abusive overreaction to Mick having feelings and emotions for someone else. It is horrible to see because you don't want this. In this, everything about it was bad. Everything about it was bad. Everything about it was awful and terrible. And All right, let's
0: take some. Let's take some listener questions because I did ask for questions, and about five of the questions I got were just legends. Why? And that's fair. I think we answered that. I hope we did. Um, I did get one that said, if Laurel was alive in Doomworld, what do you think she would be like? And we know she was alive because Damien rubbed that in Sarah's face, which means that she and Felicity were vigilantes together, which means that Felicity, even though Laurel was dead, was doing this for her and that her last thoughts were probably of Laurel. Lolicity for life. I I don't even think in Doomworld that Sarah and Laurel were sisters. I don't even think... Dark thought to make that happen. I don't even I, think they thought about it.
1: I have to talk about I have to talk about Dark and Sarah and Amaya now, but I'm going to be brief because I don't want to talk about it yeah, very much. Yeah,
0: we're getting to the 45-minute mark, so we're actually probably going to wrap this episode up because we're getting towards the finale, and I have some stuff I, I need for us to say, and then I, I think we will end the episode.
1: I also just don't... I'll be level. I don't want to talk about this, but I feel like it has to be talked about because... Remember when I said I had all those red flags popping up? Could have been better, I think, ultimately, because I was thinking that we were going to get one of those full on, like, titillating for the boys kind of makeouts, because that's how they've treated Sarah's bisexuality this season. But everything about the way, like, Sarah and Amaya were so thoroughly brainwashed in a way that, like, not even Ray and Nate were that it still reads as very creepy and domineering. And then when he says, I had you catering to my every whim for a year or something to that effect. The
0: time that passed was incredible. The time that
1: passed doesn't make any goddamn sense. And we're going to pretend like it didn't happen. Um, I literally don't want to think about how that, what that does to the timeline. I don't, I I can't, I, I, the show's timeline is a mess, but it was it, it reeked of predation. It reeked of worse. And it was so skeezy and so unnecessary to have him behave that way towards her and imply that. Because yeah, was it just an implication? Yes. Is it still it's
0: another one of those things that we were saying that this entire episode is like you can focus on the stuff about like how great the team was this episode and how they all hung out in Nate's mom's basement, and that was great, and I'm not saying that ironically, I did really love that. Yeah, no. But then cute. they had a lot of throwaway lines, and they want us to treat it like that, like just like throwaway lines that are so
1: upsetting. Yeah, like this isn't, this is ultimately, I need Legends to decide what kind of show it wants to be because, you know, even now when it's kooky AU episodes, they still have these awful throwaway lines. Make, Len calls make an attack dog, Len calls make an animal dark implies that he may have sexually assaulted or worse to Sarah. Everything about <laughs>
0: Nyssa,
1: everything about Nyssa, these are not things you throw away. Like, Len calling Mick an animal is so bad because they spent all of last season in, like straight up saying that Len and Mick care about each other like family. Like, they are partners, they are brothers, they do everything. They He gave him a goddamn ring. Like, They love each other. And then, so to have this Len call Mick that, for them, if they don't confirm that it's Legion Len, I'm going to have a way bigger issue because this isn't, like, pre-Flash Len still wouldn't behave like this. Like, all of this is a fucking nightmare and they cannot even keep their own damn characterization consistent. And it's really frustrating because I thought this episode would be the end of we're going to drop characterization because we need to get to a plot, but it wasn't. I hope to God for the finale that we have we, we can end this. If they just end it, if they fix this, if 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 the, if the, if Touch, the season ends, end this nightmare. If the season ends with a never mind all that sign, fine whatever. I will actually, I will never mind all that because I don't want to do this next season. I want next season to have some good dynamics again. I want Len to come back and for him to not be like this. I want things to be okay. And I hope we get there. But I also hope that next episode doesn't do this thing again where it decides that it's going to try to be grim, dark, and edgy for a couple of seconds and throw some really awful lines in, because what's a throwaway line to them is a day's worth of not being able to sleep because you have been so thoroughly triggered, I hate to use that word, I hate what that word has become, but I don't have any better ones, by the contents of an episode written by clueless writers who use Bo people's...
0: Burnett voice, th- straight white men. Yeah. Phil! Who, use put this us on the television!
1: Who use people's lived experiences, like props, for tourists. And I'm not happy with it. Especially since I used to recommend this show to people because, specifically, of the way that they handled Kronos. The way that they handled Mick. And the way that they handled Mick's mental illness. And up until the past few episodes... I really liked where Mick's mental illness was going as part of his character. Nobody said, you have to be less mentally ill to be a good person. Nobody said, you have to try to be less mentally ill, period. They said, Mick, you're a good person. And you're trying, and we love you. And then they didn't. And I would very much like for them to start again, even if that means I have to pretend like these past couple episodes never happened. I'm okay with that.
0: This show, every single fucking week, slides by on the not as bad as it could have been.
1: Yeah, especially lately. Like less so earlier, but now, yeah. Like the issue is, I think
0: better take my pants off.
1: Yeah, like that's a Billy and
0: Mandy reference, by the way. Ultimately,
1: ultimately, thank you. Ultimately, I think part of the reason I can continue watching the show is because it does not hold on to these things, like. When other shows handled their abused characters poorly, they never let it rest. You couldn't watch a single episode without even just a casual throwaway reference to, what about that abused son of a bitch that we all hate? He's disgusting. And you don't really have that in this show in the same way? Like, I I guarantee-
0: I do really not have that. Again, as Ari pointed out, it's not even
1: mean-spirited. It's just fucking stupid. Yeah, it's much easier for me to continue watching the show, because I do think at the end of the day, it's just- dumb and the
0: mark guggenheim episode and then you can kind of
1: be like okay yeah like he wrote this episode and that's the thing is that's why there's some stuff in here where i'm like this really is actually bordering on like mean-spirited and shitty but you know as i'm hoping that maybe he won't have as much involvement next episode i think he had a lot of behind the scenes involvement this season but we'll talk about that in the retrospective ultimately this is a dumb show it's hard not to take it seriously in the moment when you're watching it if you care about these characters and you have personal experiences that make it very difficult to watch certain moments. But when all is said and done, when, when, the, when, the, when the dust is settled, I can still say, like, I will continue watching the show. I'm not proud of myself for it, but there are still a lot of good things this show has done and I think can do. Because season two was very disjointed. So I'm hoping this, this finale can just kind of clean a couple of things up. Make it a little less painful. And we can move on to a season three that's more about family dynamics and team dynamics. And they can kind of right the sinking ship. But we shall see what we sell shades. From.
0: I actually wanted to put this in the podcast. The show is going to be ending. We're going to do our finale podcast. We're going to, the week after the finale, do our season in review podcast and then we're going to do I know it's going to be April we're going to call it our summer series anyway I mean this is have, pretty much when TV ends so yeah, it counts as the summer season it's going to be um us doing something called a very special episode which is going to be us going over series that we have enjoyed um like from Dust till dawn and the venture brothers and we're also going to do HBO's carnival and it's going to be hopefully a little more about technique and show and like actual intelligent television things because you can't really talk about that with legends of tomorrow
1: no we can but run.
0: that is something we're excited to record and then maybe we'll do movie reviews or game reviews or advice if you have any yet.
1: suggestions if you have any suggestions or anything you want us to talk about over the summer break uh throw them our way um we're and pretty do open not to just suggestions. send me an
0: ask that says take your top off because you can't even see me
1: yeah it's it would a be a waste useless. of time yeah absolutely.
0: And that is that for this podcast this week. If you are a member of the Legends of Tomorrow cast, you cannot sue this. None of this is liable. Next week, everybody. (laughs) Bye.